Welcome to the Element of Surprise. My name is Chadwick J. Suet. Yes, it is. You can look it up. It's on my birth certificate. It's also on my uh, driver's license, and uh, I think I think it is on. It is tramp stamp tattooed on at least somebody's backside. It's got to be with the words "property of" um, above them. And I don't know who this gentleman is or why he would get such a tattoo, but you know what? Hey, teach their own. I don't tell people how to live their lives. Um, you can find us at eosmentallyirregular.podbean.com. That's the hosting site. All the episodes are up there. Yada, 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 yada. Um, www.facebook.com backslash eosmentallyirregular. That's the Facebook page. From there, you can uh, see all the episodes there, too. I link them to the page. And then, uh, you know, you can check out the EOS group. Join that. Uh, be part of the fun. Uh, get in touch with me, get mentally irregular with me there. Everybody can uh, fondle your own balls and fondle each other's jugs and stuff like that. All the good stuff that happens when you're mentally irregular. So, I've got a lot of stuff to get to tonight, uh, including I asked uh, a lot of you listeners for some questions and answers, or well, questions for me to answer. So, and uh, you didn't disappoint. So, I'd like to thank you guys for, for that, and I will be getting to those promptly. In the meantime, though, I do have some other things I want to talk about first. Uh, number one is my personal belief that Dunkin' Donuts, the, the franchise of Dunkin' Donuts, they want you to wreck your car. And I'm just going to get right into that. So, it's been made... Yes, Bouse. Yes. I hear you. I hear you, Bouse. What? So, yes. Um, anyway, I, I believe that Dunkin' Donuts wants you to wreck your car. And I'm going to explain to you why I believe this and uh, how I know this. So, you know, um, before... Before I started venturing out into the uh, the depths of the world, being that I am kind of an agoraphobe and really just kind of like to stay, like, grounded, I really only went past the Dunkin' Donuts located on uh, 22 in Murraysville. But I've been past other Dunkin' Donuts as I've gotten older and, you know, been driving and had to go to work and do, like, adult fucking things. And uh, I've noticed one common thing about all Dunkin' Donuts fucking everywhere be it Monroeville, Irwin, Jeanette, Murraysville, Pittsburgh, uh, Freeport, Greensburg, where, where, where have you, 
is that they all seem to be made, like, they all see every location of a Dunkin' Donut seems to be built, like, four feet from a fucking major highway that is just, like, four lanes long, long, loaded, and covered in traffic almost at all hours of the day. And there's always a line of traffic leading at least three-fourths of a mile out onto this highway and blocking all oncoming traffic both ways and with a clusterfuck of gas station users that just leave their cars unattended at the pump while they go inside to get their coffee and their donuts, and that just creates even more traffic and more of a clusterfuck. It also seems like it's a requirement to me that in order to be a uh, person who is uh, there at Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, is you had to spend your previous night blackout drunk, and now you have to be three hours behind schedule. Just so that way, if, if that's your plan, to swing through in the morning, that's what you had to be uh, the night before. To, if you want to get your morning coffee and your morning bear claw and explain to your boss why you're late for work while you're smelling hopefully like bear claw and coffee, but kind of a little bit like Sambuca and you've got like some jello shots uh, stuck to your neck, you know, you, you, you had to be that beforehand. Dunkin' Donuts requires it. And, you know, maybe that, uh, and my reasoning for this is maybe that crazy guy from the time... Uh, to make the donuts commercials. You remember those back in the 70s and 80s? It's time to make the donuts. And he goes downstairs and he opens his door and somehow he's already there coming home. He's like, I just made the donuts. Maybe um, maybe this is all his revenge plan for being uh, forced into a lifetime of donut making by having all of Duncan's locations built in a manner that causes visitors nothing but pure frustration leading to automobile accidents. And then he sits now, laughing atop a pile of skulls on a throne of blood, watching the carnage happen below. Because I've passed by, as I said uh, at the beginning of this rant, no fewer than six different Dunkin' Donuts locations. All of them are the same. All of them are three feet from the fucking highway. All of them have a line of traffic that causes anybody that's not going to Dunkin' Donuts to pull not into the lane next to them, not into the lane next to that, but into the furthest fucking lane where it looks like you're turning into Lowe's or turning around on 22 or something, and you just watch the traffic there. If you're lucky to get into a pa- if you're un- unlucky enough to not get into a passing lane, you have to sit there and watch the traffic, and you see people come out, and they get in their car that's been sitting there at the pump, and it's like, oh, okay, so somebody in line at the fucking drive-thru who's just, like, in a hurry, is waiting on this asshole to finish pumping. Meanwhile, they're in there, they're drinking their coffee, they're uh, wiping fucking, uh, you know, they're shaving in the Dunkin' Donuts bathroom because they didn't shave the night before because uh, they were out trying to fucking uh, pick up chicks at the bar or pick up dudes at the bar. Meanwhile, you know, all they ended up d- doing was getting sloppy drunk and sleeping with the crackhead bartender probably, regardless of who he or she is. And, you know, it's, you know, people were in such a rush that they, they're, they're not even awake whenever they go in. So they'll turn, like, across the highway. They're going to cross two lanes, and they got to get into Duncan. And I don't know. Those cars are going 45 miles per hour. Do you think I can make that? Yeah, I can make that. And then the wreck. And then everything wrecks. And I believe that Dunkin' Donuts is doing this to us on purpose. This is a purposeful thing. They are not fucking like, hey, you know what? That's... Just kind of how it worked out. Maybe at one location, but, you know, six plus locations all built in the same fucking manner. No, 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 no. You do not fool me, Dunkin' Donuts. I am aware of your scheme. And I somehow approve. I approve of this scheme. Okay. Um, so, that's my opinion on Dunkin' Donuts. But now, now I want to get into a little bit of relationship advice. I noticed recently, uh, through my travels, my worldly travels, that uh, there are a lot of people including my own brother, who are going to be getting married this year. And so, to all you uh, newlyweds or future newlyweds, I decided uh, that my gift to you is going to be giving you the best relationship advice I, I have ascertained over my 36 years. And so, without further ado, uh, newlyweds and future newlyweds, or even people who have been married for some time, and maybe just are still having a struggle with it. Maybe they maybe they're giving it a go, or maybe it's uh, maybe it's round two or three. You know, maybe this is marriage number two or three, and you're not sure about it. Didn't work the first time or whatever. You know. So anyway, here's my relationship advice. Number one, bang in your car. I don't care, be it in the garage, the driveway, on the side of a road, uh, behind Walmart, where, wherever you see fit. Behind Petco, behind Petco out in Greensburg. Uh, out there, like the people that were out there this afternoon were doing. Um, that's right. Yeah, that was the thing. 
But, um, you know, just get some car fucking in. So that way you don't lose that feeling of risk. And the more car banging you do, the better you'll feel, both about your relationship and about yourself. Car banging is definitely the way to go. Now, advice, piece of advice number two. I don't care how long you've been married. I don't care if you've been married 80-some years and you're fucking sitting there with dementia wife talking about Helen. What happened to Helen? Oh, you know what, uh, Ethel? She's rolling over in her shocks. No, um, I don't care how long you've been married. You don't take each other's shit, ever. Like, seriously, don't take no shit from each other for any fucking reason. I don't care what the reason is. Maybe you never help around the house, or maybe you feel like you do everything, or, uh, you know, whatever it is. Regardless, if, the, if your other half tries to give you any shit about anything, don't take it. Get up, leave. Go to a bar or a club and angrily down one shot after another while mumbling under your breath like a psychopath. That is the best advice I can give to you about whenever someone's trying to give you shit. And you know what it does? You feel better because then you realize th- through, the, uh, through, the mu- through the psychotic mumbling and the uh, downing one alcoholic beverage after another, preferably uh, you know, shots of like Crown Royal or... Um, in my, in my opinion, whiskey is the best one to go to. Go to, go to a very high-proof whiskey. Like, um, you know, something over 100-proof whiskey. Go to that. Do, like, 18 shots of it, mumbling the whole time about how you're right or you deserve better. And then, you know, sleep it off. You'll wake up the next day, you'll feel like shit, and you'll be like, you know what, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And she'll, or he or she will uh, probably berate you further. In which case, you know, just lather, rinse, repeat. Lather, rinse, repeat. Um... A piece of advice number three. Again, I don't care how long you've been married. I don't care if this is your honeymoon and you've only been married a few hours or if you've been together 80 years. Take showers together. And I don't mean the sexy kind. I just mean like the normal kind. Yeah, that's not happening. And then, no, the, the, the sexy kind don't. I'm talking like the regular, show, the regular showers. This forget is for, banging in your car. Forget doing any of that shit. You have kids. It's all over. Okay, does anybody hear that? Don't listen. Everything she just said is wrong. Everything she just said is wrong. And if she tries to give me any shit about it, I'll go to the bar and I will angrily down one shot after another and mumble angrily under my breath. So anyway, getting back to what I was saying. Take showers together. And I, again, not the sexy kind, just normal kind. And then what you got to do is you got to watch with great detail how your significant other washes themselves. Take mental notes. Are they scrubbing in all the right places? Did they properly lather and shampoo their genitals? And if they shave... Is their technique sloppy? These are all super important points on how to determine if you're going to be able to spend the rest of your life with this person. Another piece of advice is make them watch the things you like. Don't ask them to watch with you. Make them. Tie them down. Beat them until they're unable to move. Duct tape them to a wall. However you have to get it done, I don't care. Just get it done. Just make them watch. If they can't, attentively watch and enjoy your programs, then the shi- then ship them to Siberia because that ship is a sinking ship and you don't want to be on that ship. Piece of advice, number, what am I on? Six, what the fuck ever. Steal their clothes. And I, again, I'm not talking about socks or t-shirts here. I'm talking about steel pants, underwear, bras, etc. Take these items and hide them in very hard to find places. Blackmail them to get these items back. Maybe make them do chores and clean out the basement. Make them Maybe make them dance or open the front door for pizza delivery in the nude. I don't know. Whatever your fucking deal is. Only then do they get their clothes. And now, remember this. This is the most important one, newlyweds, for you guys, newlyweds. Now, people who have been married for a, while, for a long while, you should have already figured this out. If you haven't, shame on you. But newlyweds, this is the most important one out there. At all times, you... You, not your significant other, you must be willing to disrobe at the drop of a dime, regardless of where you are or why. I don't care if you're in the fucking grocery store. I don't care what you're fucking doing. If you look at your wife or your husband and they give you that eye, you just disrobe right there, right then and there. That is, that is, that should be law. That should be marital law. Just disrobe. And be disrobed until your partner says it's okay. If they, if they're like, if you're disrobing and you're like out in like, you know, like a parking lot or like in the movie theater, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing? Put your clothes back on." Don't do it. Don't do it. You sit there. You sit there disrobed, fully nude, until they're just okay with it. And now remember this one, everybody, all married people. If there is food that your partner enjoys, 
always ridicule them for eating that food. Never cook that food, even if it, even if it is your favorite food as well. Just fucking ridicule them for it. Like, you know, for example, I like ramen. Ash likes, uh, you know, par- chicken parmesan. So, okay, well... Okay, she likes she likes a hamburger with cheese and tomato and all the shit on it, but then you put a t- fried egg on it. That's her thing. So I I will never make that for her. I ridicule her for this. I go, what the fuck? You put an egg on your uh, on on your hamburger? You disgust me. Get out of our house. This is over. How did we make it this long? We're done. And then I'm gonna go make myself a bowl of ramen. She go, what the fuck are you eating again? Eating ramen like a fucking loser you are. And that's the conversation, you know. And look, she's nodding right now. You can't see her, but I can. She's nodding. She agrees with this one. You must always, always ridicule your significant other for eating their favorite food. Next piece of advice. Again, this one goes mainly towards the newlyweds or anybody that's about to be newlywed. Remember that oral sex is, is great, but oral sex in the woods is better. And if you want your partner to last more than a week, you must at least twice a week go into the world and find a spot in the woods to pleasure each other orally. Twice a week in the woods. Both parties, maybe more. You never know who you'll find in the woods. Just roll with it. People camp in the woods. Just whatever. Another piece of advice. Get matching tattoos. Go get them. Not those stupid-ass companion tattoos either where, like, you know, you have, like, something that, like, just, like, fades off your body, but if you hold it up next to one that they've got fading off their body, it makes a complete picture. Don't do that. That's fucking gay. Don't fucking do that. Go just get matching tattoos. And, you know, like, I'm not talking, like, again, other stupid things. You go get fucking matching tramp stamps. Do it. Have it say property of and then each other's name underneath. That's how you do it. Or go get, like, you know, you go, like, you know, go get, like, the exact same fucking butterfly with, like, a rainbow, like, right above your ass crack. Or, uh, or, you know, maybe get like a, maybe get like a very detailed picture of each other's faces. Go, go find one of those tattoo artists that can do like photorealistic tattoos and shave your, shave your bush, shave off your bush, both, both parties and get a very photorealistic tattoo of your significant other's face right above your genitalia. This is a must. You hear me? You hear me couples? You hear me newlyweds? This is a must. Although tramp stamps would be better. And... The last piece of advice I've got for all of you out there, uh, married or not, anybody in a relationship, anybody anywhere that's ever been in a relationship and wants to be in one again, anybody that just hasn't given up on life and still thinks they are of some value to somebody, they have some value to offer to somebody else, I, I, I say to you this, life is not a fairy tale. Don't act like it will be. Don't pretend you'll live happily ever after. Don't expect to be treated like a king or a queen. Grow up. There will be issues. There will be fights. There will be, you will love someone more than life itself and simultaneously hate them. There are no easy roads to take. All the roads are stony and overgrown, and that's how you want it. You don't want it easy because you can do easy alone. Go hard. You can't, do it, doing things the hard way often takes more than one person. You'll need help. So get in there and slam it hard. That's what she said. Relationship advice, done. Those are facts, by the way, not my opinions. Um... And each one of them, you can take those to the bank. You can bank your whole relationship on that. You'd be like, oh, well, Chad said to do this. And then you know what? Someone will go, "Uh, that's unorthodox, but you know what? God damn, is he right? He's right. I I didn't think before I got that uh, tramp stamp of uh, my wife uh, blowing that dude from the Starbucks on my back that uh, my life would be complete. But after I got that tattoo, man, you know what? That was a random night in the woods, and it just turned out really well. And so we commemorated it with matching tattoos of the night. Um, so, you know, it, you take it to the bank. You'll, 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 ha- you'll live happily ever after, or as happily as life will allow you, until one of you uh, passes before the other one or the other's left in a uh, just life-crushing depression for the remainder of their days. But I, dig- I digress. Let's move on, shall we? Um, next thing I wanted to talk about is a little thing I like to call... The Power Rangers. You guys remember the Power Rangers? Who remembers the Power Rangers? I'm going to play the Power Rangers theme song. Power Rangers. Yeah, I, I, I was a geek who always loved the Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh man, this Zordon, he's a floating head in a tube. That's enough of that. Um, yes. So, as I was uh, previously stating with my uh, ingenious, is that I, I grew up, I was a Power Rangers kid. I grew up watching Power Rangers and enjoying Power Rangers. And uh, then as I became an adult, you know, I, I, I continued to watch it because my nostalgia, I'm like, oh my God, they got fucking Power Rangers on uh, Netflix? I got to watch that shit. Or they brought Power Rangers back? Yes. And then it led to uh, my adult mentally irregular mind being like, wait a minute, I have many questions. I have many, many questions regarding this show, this Power Rangers, that apparently absorbed so much of my life when I was a chit child. For example, why was it called Morphing Time? Why did they have to exclaim that the time present for Morphing was in fact Morphing Time? Couldn't they just morph without screaming that it was Morphing Time first? And if they're supposed to keep their identity secret, I think announcing publicly loudly that it's morphin time was going to uh counteract that secret identity thing you know you'd want to probably do that slowly and quietly just be like oh shit oh come on guys and then like sneak off behind a building and then and without yelling because there's still people around you just want to be like all right and uh you know tyrannosaurus and then you morph and then you know like that or maybe teleport off somewhere because they could they could teleport they had the ability to teleport in the show so teleport to a dis to a place that was not uh, surrounded by people, and then morph, and then teleport back. And if the teleportation is instant, then they, they're doing it right. And if it's not instant, well, then they're doing it wrong. Um, now, also, one thing I wanted to know about is why, if the Power Rangers all live in Angel Grove, do these uh, evil villains like Rita and Lord Zed and the monsters they create not attack just some other part of the world? Like, literally any other part. Any other part of the world. Like, at all. Just, you know... Oh, no, we've got to attack Angel Grove. Ah, Lord Zed, I will destroy Angel Grove. Yes, my minions, destroy Angel Grove. But the Power Rangers are there, Lord Zed. Shouldn't, you know, we attack, like, Eastern Asia or, you know, New York City or some shit? No, 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 Angel Grove first and then the rest of the world. Yeah, but don't you think if we, like, like if we started in, like, Taiwan or, like, you know, maybe in, like, fucking like Stalingrad don't you think or Leningrad or whatever the fuck it is G Germany don't you think it'd be hard like the, it would take longer for the rangers to get to us we could possibly subjugate some uh some people and uh you know maybe at least get control of Europe before the rangers show up and maybe even devise a good way of like you know stopping them instead of immediately sending your monsters directly to where they're at and being like hey fuck you asshole come get me and then they do and they win and Speaking of the Rangers themselves, why specifically did Zordon uh, exclusively recruit teenagers with attitude? Why is it that at-risk teens are more capable of battling odd space invaders than fully trained adults? Possibly with military backgrounds. I mean, he could literally recruit anybody. So, like, you know, why not just grab, like, five, like, very high-ranking, but, you know, maybe kind of, like, edgy on the, like, standoffish... Uh, so on the sidelines, uh, like, train military people from around the world and teach them to, like, work together as the Power Rangers. They've got military backgrounds. They've seen action before. They would be more equipped to fight against an invading set of, uh, you know, alien invader monsters. But he specifically ignores that and goes straight for teenagers with attitude. You know, I, maybe they could have a pre-existing history of eliminating threats. You know, something concrete that the floating head in the tube... Uh, can base his reasoning of their for their selection on is what I'm asking. Why why did he not do that? Why did he go exclusively for teenagers with attitude? And then the same goes for uh, Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed's monster selection, for that matter. They seem to have perfectly capable monster henchmen like Goldar and that, but then they uh, resort to making dipshit monsters out of like traffic lights and lipstick 
that try to crack wise during battle and pose no discernible threat. And those are actual examples of Power Ranger monsters. Look it up. They've made one. They've made them out of traffic signs. They made them out of a purse. They made them out of lipstick. They made one out of a boombox. And all these monsters fail conclusively. They fail without even really getting the job started. Meanwhile, you've got like, you know, oh, Goldar, my half lion, half ape, golden, you know, general who's conquered multiple worlds. Send his ass in. They can, the Rangers can't seem to kill him. They fought him multiple times, and he always, he, even if he loses, he escapes. They can't kill him. So, you know, but no, no, let's just keep making them out of fucking ashtrays and, you know, snow globes and shit like that. Send them in. You know, I just want to know at what point in Lord Zed's technologically advanced alien plan to conquer the universe does he stop and say, we need to destroy the colorful group of human teenagers. Quick, I see a used tampon, turn it into a monster and make it 70 feet tall. Because that sounds to me like the insane rambling of a madman, but that's exactly what his plans were on a weekly basis. And they'd select like a random non-threatening object, like a hermit crab shell, a violin, an omelet, or, and then they, or an omelet, and they turn it into an abomination, make it grow, and have it fight the various megazords, and somehow always blame the poorly created monster for, it, for their own failings, even though they used a tampon or a hermit crab shell or an omelet or a fucking snow globe as the monster. And Now, I also want to know that how nobody else in their town, their small town of Angel Grove, where you only ever saw the same, like, 46 people... How did nobody figure out that the same five or six teenagers, all of whom had oddly specific colored wardrobes, always and always seemed to disappear just before the Power Rangers, all of whom had the same oddly specific color patterns, showed up? How did nobody figure that one out? How would nobody's like, hmm, you know what? What, what happened to those uh, colorful teenagers over there that were just hanging out? They, they vanished. Yeah, but the Power Rangers are here now. Why aren't they ever here to see him? You know, the kid in the green's not here, but the Green Ranger's here. Maybe they're the same people. No, 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 you're a fool. You're a fool. You kidding me? Those are just teenagers. With attitude. They can never be Power Rangers. And for that matter, again questioning uh, Zordon the Floating Head's ability to determine the correct group to wield wildly, wildly colorful power and rush headfirst into danger caused by wise and tampon monsters, how exactly did he decide that the previously mentioned at-risk teens should be chosen solely based off the color of their shirt. Was he like, Alpha, quickly, that guy's got a red shirt on. Scoop him up. He can be the Red Ranger. And Alpha was probably like, But Zordon, he's missing three of four limbs and is blind in one eye. Quick, Alpha, his shirt is red. Quick, Lord Zed is attacking. Get him. He can't speak, Zordon. He's got a major frontal lobe injury. But his shirt, damn it, Alpha, the shirt is red. I feel like you aren't understanding this. Damn it, Zordon, he's 86% dead. Okay, fine. What about the girl in the pink dress, then? She's pregnant, Zordon. She's pregnant. She's a pregnant, unwed teenage mother. Mother. Yes, yes, I know that. The dress is pink. Get her. Now. Like, I feel like that was Zordon's requirements. Be a teenager. Be an at-risk teen. Be colorful. Have attitude. You know? Didn't it, no, nothing else ma mattered him. Were you wearing the correct color scheme? Were you an at-risk teen? Yes. Zordon would take you. He would take you on and you would become a Power Ranger. You know, so I mean, like, that was the whole show. Like, I've watched a good portion of it in, in my adulthood, and I'm just like, this is the whole goddamn thing. And then Ash would turn to me, or Anakin would turn to me, like, even Anakin at seven years old, whenever I was the same age, no, I think I was like 10 when Power Rangers first came out, just to show you what a geek I was, and am, but um, even Anakin's like, Dad, this show is dumb. And I'm like, fuck you, this show is dumb. You're dumb. Get out of here. Nobody asked for you to be born anyway. And then I completely did ask for him to be born. So I was just like, yeah, you know what? So that's that's on me. But, uh, you know, it, it only occurred to me in my late adulthood, in my middle adulthood, that I'm just like, hey, this show is um, easily predictable. And I, I need these questions answered. I would like to do what I'd like to do. And the, the best part of what I'm about to suggest is that I know for a fact a lot of the original Ranger actors that are still with us, like Austin St. John, uh, Jason David Frank, um, Johnny Young Bosch, they all apparently have, just have seem to have three names. If you were a former Ranger and you've got three names, Amy Joe Johnson, there's another one, uh, you will be a ranger, but I'd like to get them together and do like a gritty, like you remember how VH1 did like a where are, VH1 did like a where are they now, 
uh, show. And it was like, uh, you know, and like they said, like they, they, they did the one where they talked down, sat down with Vince Neal and they talked to Vince Neal about his car wreck where he killed a guy. And he was just like, yo, I really turned my life around. And, you know, so like, I just do that with the with the cast of Power Rangers, but in character as their Ranger characters and just like see where their lives have led since they've been Rangers. You know, like maybe like have like ones like uh, for a while there, I turned to drugs and I was sucking dicks in the back lot of uh, a Petco and uh you know, and then I remember what Zordon taught me is that, uh, you know, protect the power and it would always be with you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. So I got myself clean. Like, wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? I would love to put that together. That'd be amazing. I don't know that they'd be willing to go that far, but, uh, I, I just think that would be, I, I think it would be a, a hilarious, like thing to get together. Um, other thing I want to talk to you guys about who remembers being uh, a kid and going to the, going to the drive-in. You remember going to the drive-in? They used to have a big one out in North Brussels. It had, like, multiple screens. Now there's very few of them left. There's still one out on, like, River Road in uh, Vandergrift. It's got one screen. But, um... Uh, pardon, I had to wet my whistle. But, um, you remember going and... Like, if you if you were lucky enough to go to the one with the multiple screens, you remember what it, what it was like? You had to go in, you drive in, and you had to find a good spot. You had to find a good spot with a clear view of the screen... There were no obnoxious people parking next to you or in front of you or behind you screaming. No kids blasting around like little fucking apes. Nobody having sex in the car next to you. Uh, you had you bring your own snacks because you're not going to pay for snacks from there. You got to bring your own snacks. You, you, you know you shove them in your mom's purse or you hide them under your seat so that way they don't see them when you're when you're um, driving in and paying. You 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 know you go and you find the right spot with the perfect view of the screen and. You know, it, it, then, then there was the select, the movie selection. In my youth, in my youth, the drive-ins that had more than one screen, um, you know, there were, there were more than one that had more than one screen. So you had to, you know, pick the best combo of features. Like a lot of times they would mishmash things like uh, Jurassic Park with Son-in-Law. So uh, if you wanted to see a Velociraptor and a sweaty open-shirted Jeff Goldblum in what was possibly the biggest movie of all time in 1993... First, you had to sit through 80 minutes of Pauly Shore on a farm, which is fine. You know, that's fine. You had to you had to pick and choose. Nowadays, they like I said, they have one screen, so they try to get whatever the biggest blockbusters are for those two weeks and jam them together. Uh, you know, which is kind of cool because now you don't really have to worry about the selection, but then you might have three weeks where you're not interested in anything. You might be like, oh, shit, I don't want to see any of those. So you got to wait like a month and a half, and then you're like, okay, all right, well, good. Now they got Spider-Man up there, but, uh, you know, it took them forever, and I've already seen it, so you know, missed opportunity, lost opportunity. So, you know, you had to pick the right selection. I mean, and the thing is, you could always drive over to another screen. Uh, like, like if you went there to see uh, Jurassic Park, and that, for some reason, played uh, first, but Mission Impossible was playing second, and that was on a, on a different screen, well, okay, those, let's go see both of those. So you go to Jurassic Park, you watch that, you go drive over to the other screen. A lot of times, these screens were... Um, you know, often blocked off to prevent you from doing just that. And if you could move to a different screen, the, uh, the, the, the other movie had already started, so you've now missed the beginning. So, I mean, it was a pain in the ass, but you could, it, it's something you could always do, you know? And then, then comes the threat of banging. You know, maybe you took the wife or the girlfriend or, the date or a date to the drive-in with the specific intent to bang them at the drive-in. You know, it was a big thing. In the 50s, that's that's what they did. You know, i seen that movie with John Travolta where he makes that car and he sings about it. You know, that's they tried to do that. There. They were watching the blob. So maybe you did the same thing. Maybe you've gone to the drive-in with the specific intent of banging or being bung by someone. But if you're going to want to, again, make the right film selection, you're going to want to, like, you know, you're not going to want to pick something that you're both going to be interested in watching. Or maybe, maybe you can pick something where you want to watch the first film and then get sloppy during the second one, you know, but maybe, but maybe that second film is really good. So what do you do? What do you do? Make sure the first flick is not a kid's film like Toy Story or Mrs. Doubtfire. That is, that's paramount. Like you don't want to be the, you don't want to be the, the people that are like, oh, well, we came here to, again to see fucking Jurassic Park. But, uh, you know, Toy Story's on first. So we'll, we'll do the banging during the Toy Story while the kids are sitting out on the hoods of their parents' cars and stuff like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Secondly, piece of advice, and this just doesn't go for the drive-in. This goes back to the uh, couple's advice I was given earlier, relationship advice. No, no woman, no girl, no woman wants to hump in your Jetta. If you own a Jetta, 
don't don't take that car. Bring a decent-sized vehicle or soft blanket that you can put off in the woods. And then, preferably, you'd park in the back, like in a back corner spot. So, you know, you don't want no creeping creep creeping up on you, all creepy, to be all peeping there with their creeper peepers. This is another situation where the blanket would help, but, you know, you, you want to make sure that that is taken care of. And again, you know, selection, location, this is all stuff. But I remember going to the drive-in, and that was like some of the best times of my life. I've seen so many fucking movies at the drive-in. I remember seeing Goldeneye at the drive-in. I was not a James Bond fan until the new uh, Daniel Craig movies came out. But I remember seeing that there, and, you know, at the time, it was the biggest screen they had. It was like one of the last movies I think I've seen down in the Northwood Sales drive-in before they closed down, by the way. And, um, you know, I remember me and my brother and my cousins went down there, and we, our parents all brought, like, big blankets, and we parked, like, right up front. So, literally, we had, like, laid out these blankets, like, down on, like, the grassy hill right below the screen, and we laid there with, um, you know, the, the TV, or not the TV, the uh, radio in the car tuned in and stuff like that, and we're literally looking straight up at what had to be, like, a 60-foot screen and, uh, you know, like, pointing at it and shit like that. It was fucking awesome. Nowadays, they just don't have that, and that pisses me off. You, they should bring back more drive-ins. I would like to open a drive-in or at least have a drive-in night, an element of surprise drive-in night. Like, if I could get a big projector and just project on the back of, like, you know, get a big screen and project on, like, the back of my fucking house and have a bunch of people over to sit in my backyard and, like, lay down and, like, camp and just watch some fucking movies projected onto the back of my house, like, old drive-in style, I would fucking love that. And if you'd be interested in that, get in touch with me. But, you know, we'll work on selections. We'll pick the right selections. Anybody that's coming to bang, I know a good corner off in the side. I think they compost over there. So, there, you know, any sounds or smells that's come from that area, no one will question you on. But, uh, you know, so there's that. Now, I want to talk about one more thing, and then I'm going to get to answering your questions. Um, I, I, I've tried to bring this up before, and I hate that I haven't been able to bring it up before because it really bugs me is um, something that really annoys me and really bugs me are custom license plates. Like, you know those douchebags you see out and it's like, you see somebody and it's like, you know, their license plate doesn't say like three random letters and four random numbers. It'll say something like, Big John. You know, it's like, okay, well, clearly that's Big John. And yes, that was a Big John reference. Durka, 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 Big John. God, oh, I got, I, I saw him, by the way. Big John's still in my life. He, he's, I can't get rid of him. I saw him at fucking Walmart. He's, and keep this in mind. Keep this shit in mind. As I told you, Big John walked with the cane he didn't need. He goes into Walmart, immediately gets on one of them little fucking power scooters, one of the little scooty tooties that they have with the uh, tray with the uh, basket in the front for him to do all his grocery shopping. And I, I saw him, and I was going to ignore him. And then I'm like, nope, can't do that. So I walked up to him, and I'm just like, hey there, Big John. And again, of course, I'm telling you all his name is Big John, but it's not his name is not Big John. That's his, not his real name. I'm not going to give out the guy's real name. But, um, you know, so I go up, and I said, I'm like, hey, what's up, Big John? He's like, oh, oh, my goodness, is that Chadwick Suet? You worked with me at Sears. Yes, no, John, I know where I know you from. How's it going? Good. That, uh... What happened there? Immediately with the fucking unanswerable question. Jesus Christ, I ain't seen you in three months and you just hit me with an unanswerable question. All right, Big John. Here we go. Yeah, what happened there? What, you mean with Sears? Yeah, you know, just in general. You're making it worse, John. I can't fucking answer this question. So, but, you know, I, I ran into him. So he's still out there in the world. And his car is still a fucking dumpster fire. And it still is loaded to the brim with all types of garbage. It's more filled with garbage than it was the last time I seen it. But anyway, I just wanted to, like, that was a big John update. I didn't think I'd ever have to do that again, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that was something. But anyway, these custom license plates, you know, and I've, I've got four examples of ones that I've physically seen and wrote down, like, notes on that I'm going to go with, go over with now with you because of how much they fucking annoy me and how much I fucking hate custom license plates, you know, the first one that I hit me, I saw on my way to, on my way to work, uh, one morning. And it just says, Big Bass. B-I-G-B-A-S-S. Big Bass. What kind of a douchebag do you have to be to, A, choose a nickname you'd proudly display on your license plate, and then, B, proudly display your new douche handle on your license plate? And what is Big Bass referencing? Did you catch an enormous bass one time while fishing, dude? 
Are you a fisherman who thinks that they're cleverly alluding to having a large penis? Um, maybe your best friend is a bass, and so to honor them upon the land, you've slapped a generic and ridiculous handle on your piece of shit 1996 Ford F-150, so that every unfortunate soul who drives behind you can know what a clever person you aren't. How about that? You know, is that it, Big Bass? I don't know. You gotta tell me, Big Bass. Fuck you, Big Bass. Second one I've seen was Gen 2. J-E-N-N dash 2. So, first question I popped in, I'm like, is this the second gen or is and if so is that like the same as like gen junior or gen the second or is it that just that this is jen's second vehicle and if so why are you so self-absorbed that you think everyone wants to need to know how important you are by which vehicle you're driving that day you think people get behind you on on the highway and see your plate and say, oh shit, that's Gen 2. I better be aware of my driving abilities. I better, now that I know Gen 2 is out and about on the road. Hey kids, did you see that? Gen 2 is out. Yay. Do us a favor, Gen 2, and go properly fuck yourself with a caribou dick. How about that? Another one I saw was Tom's Mom. T-O-M-S-M-O-M. Tom's Mom. First thought was, oh, are you? Thank, thank the heavens. Thank the heavens, because now I know. I was concerned we'd never find out who Tom's mom was, but now I know, because I drove right behind her. And I didn't even know that, you know, I don't even know who in the fuck Tom is, but now that I know who Tom's mom is, my, my search for Tom can gradually has gradually been narrowed down. It's been drastically reduced to, you know, finding out who Tom is. I just need to follow his mom, and I'll be able to, it will lead me to Tom. I wasn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware I was searching for Tom, but now that I know that, I can, you know, just follow Tom's mom, and she'll lead me right to him, I'm sure, eventually, and, you know, another thought that crossed my mind was maybe, did Tom have this plate made to keep track of her? Is it, like, so, like, you know, or did she have it made so that way she can keep track of herself, like, like a dementia patient, like, is she, like, coming out of the grocery store and, like, looking around, like, fucking, uh looking around, and she's like, I don't remember what car I had, and then she sees Tom's mom, she's like, I, Tom's mom, I'm Tom's mom, and so she goes over to that car, or did Tom do that for her, he's like, mom, all you gotta do is look for your, look for Tom's mom on the back of the car, you know, her name's like Nancy, why didn't you put Nancy on it, because there's probably 50 fucking thousand Nancys out there, mom, but how many of them are Tom's mother, oh, you're right, you're right, and you know, and what, and what, what about Tom's dad, why doesn't he have one of these classy tags, is it because he's ashamed of Tom's life choices? Did he walk in on Tom sucking some dicks and the shock was just too much for him? Was, it, was he upset that Tom didn't just tell him in advance? Because he's a very accepting guy. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe he does have one. Because I saw another one just this morning. And it literally said, Happening Dad. H-A-P-N-D-A-D. Happening Dad. And you know what I realized? I don't know if it's Tom's dad. I know where, I know how to find Tom's mom. I don't know if Happening Dad is Tom's dad, but he definitely wanted to let the world know that he's one Happening Dad. He's chill and yeet and fresh with all the kids and all the young folks and whatever other fucking phrases they say these days. He's in the know. He's got it going on. He's that dad. And now that all of us other dads know how out of touch and inferior we are in comparison because we know that he's the Happening Dad. Happening Dad is so in touch that all of our wives and girlfriends and children's mothers wish that we were one-tenth the man or the father that he is. They all want his rigid, throbbing cock buried 16 inches deep into their wet vaginas, and he's more than happy to oblige them because he's a happening dad. He'll never fail to meet his children's needs, and all the cool kids want him around because he's in the know. He's that happening dad. Happening dad's here, everyone. Oh, shit, look who just pulled up. Oh, shit, is that your dad? Yeah, it is. It's happening dad. He's gonna fucking lay this shit down. Hey, kids. I know that you're having an underage drinking party, but I just figured I'd bring all your moms over to have an orgy. There's some more beer in the back of my car. Why don't you have some of it? Oh, thanks, Happening Dad. You're so fucking happening. Go fuck yourself, Happening Dad. Suck my dick. Jesus Christ. All right. Without further ado, I asked for questions. You gave me questions. So now I'm going to answer the questions. The first question comes from Mark R., Mark R. wants to know, do you prefer mayonnaise or Miracle Whip on potato and or macaroni salad? Well, Mark, the truth is, is I prefer mayonnaise. Miracle Whip, while delicious, is seemingly to me like, I always imagine it as like the 
product of like what you scrape out of a whale's blowhole. Whereas mayonnaise grows hair if you leave it out in the sun. And anything that can grow hair is good with me. So I take the mayonnaise. He also adds at the end of this question, how about on sandwiches? Well, again, definitely the mayonnaise, but I think that depends on the sandwich. I think that depends on the sandwich. Like for example, if I'm making like a ham and cheese sandwich, where like you know maybe maybe I've uh, maybe I've lightly lightly fried the ham, and I put the the cheese on there, and the cheese is just getting melty on there. I, you know, like that, I'd put mayonnaise on that. That you know, I toast the bread. It's got to be Texas toast. Toast the bread. Put the mayonnaise on there. That that's a good fucking sandwich. But if I'm making like a roast beef sandwich with Swiss. Well, then I'm going to use the Miracle Whip because you're going to want to bring out more of that tang. The Swiss and the roast beef are both very, like, flavorful but specifically flavorful items. So you bring the Miracle Whip and, you know, you just do, like, just, you know, quick quick hit of the Miracle Whip in there. And that's how you do that with that sandwich. So, you know, as far as the potato uh, and macaroni salad, definitely mayonnaise over Miracle Whip. Sandwiches, that depends on the sandwich, Mark. Um, next question is from William S. William asks... The phrase, don't shit where you eat, versus the phrase, don't eat where you shit. What are the differences, and what are the similarities? Well, I think the first thing is, is that don't shit where you eat is kind of like saying, like, you know, you're, like, let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way, William. Um, If you walk into your dining room, or into, like, an Arby's, no, I take that back. I could could absolutely see this happening at an Arby's. Uh, Your dining room, your own dining room in your house. And you're not going to, like, get up on the middle of the table, drop trowel, and just, like, lay a hot steaming Cle- uh, Cleveland steamer right there, like, right in the middle. You know, maybe you've got family over. Maybe it's Thanksgiving, and you've got the turkey and all the, all the fixings. You know, there's the stuffing and the, uh, the, the uh, cranberry sauce from a can that is still shaped like a can, uh, not pre-cut and definitely not juiced or anything like that. It's still shaped like the interior of the can. You got all that. Your, your whole family's around. You know, they're all there. They're saying the grace, um, you know, and you, you got the gravy and the mashed potatoes. You're not just going to pop up there and drop a hot squat right there on the table and, you know, just be like, oh, you know, I just thought this, ta- I just thought this uh, dinner needed blah, like that, and, you know, and just take a shit. And I don't know who makes that sound when they shit. I certainly don't. But if you do, maybe see a doctor. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're not going to do that. But you take the other uh, side of that coin, the phrase, don't eat where you shit. You're also not going to go home to your Thanksgiving dinner, to your family, gather up a plate, be like, this all looks great. This is fantastic. Oh, man, I got the turkey leg. Like, I, I feel like an old-timey Viking king with a giant turkey leg here. I've got my potatoes and gravy. I've got the corn mashed into the potatoes with the gravy on it. I've got some, some green peas over to the side. I've got gravy on everything else. I've got my entire stack of fucking cranberry sauce still shaped like the can that I'm just going to eat on a separate small plate. All right, well, here, honey, William, why don't you come have a seat next to me, your, your wife or your mother or your whoever? No, 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 I've got to go up into the restroom, and then you sit down, you put the toilet seat down, and you make sure you give it a loud flush first so that way you have the flushing sound while you're eating. You, it's, you know, I think it'd be awkward. You're sitting on the floor now because the toilet's kind of about, like, seat-sized anyway. You're sitting on the floor like a Japanese person, you know, and maybe that's comfortable for you, but I don't think so, not on the porcelain throne. You know, and what kind of odors and disgust are in there? You know, you know that's so that 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 that's what I think the different differences are. The the similarities are very obvious to me, and I think you're a smart enough person, William, to know that they both involve eating and they both involve shitting. Now that being said, I don't. I want to specifically say, don't eat shit. Don't eat shit at any point in time. I've talked about this many. You know what? How is this a goddamn thing? How is this that after fucking almost three years of podcasting, I'm still talking about people eating shit and advising against it? If anybody out there is listening to this and understands, it's like, oh man, it's like he gets roped into talking about shit and eating it. Yeah, don't fucking do it. Last time I'm going to say it. Don't do it. Okay, next question comes from Tiffany N. Tiffany says, if you could suck your own dick, would it feel like getting your dick sucked or sucking a dick? And either way... Is it gay? Well, Tiffany, my answer to you is this. I may or may not have attempted in the past to suck my own dick. And I may... I may or... You, you, how do you know that I did? You. Because it's me? Ash says she knows I have because it's me. No, but actually, you don't give a shit about any of that stuff. You'd rather 
This is true. This is true. I, I, I would much rather eat a pussy than suck a dick. But that being said, I, 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 would, I, would eat, I would eat a thousand pussies before I would suck one dick. But that's not the question. That wasn't the question. The question was, if I could suck my own dick, would it feel like I'm getting my dick sucked? Or would it feel like I'm sucking a dick? And either way, is it gay? Well, again, going back to that, I may or may not have at one point or many points in my life attempted to suck my own dick. I may have even succeeded, but that wasn't your question. The question was, do I think it would feel like getting your dick sucked or sucking a dick? And my answer is that it feels it would feel like getting my dick sucked until I realized I was sucking a dick. And sure, it's my own dick, so, you know, I don't think that would make it gay, because, you know, I mean, I, you can't be gay with yourself. I mean, if you're gay, you accept it, but you're not... Your mouth's on a dick, so you, you're gay. No, I disagree. Your mouth, your mouth being on your own dick does not necessarily make it gay. What if you were a hermit? What if you had no idea that any other existence, other existence out there, and you also happen okay. to, and you also have the ability to suck, have the ability to suck your own dick, but you didn't have any arms or legs? So, what would you do then? So then you'd suck your own dick, and so I don't believe that makes it gay. No, maybe it does. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, I love that question. That was a fantastic question. So thank you for that. Um, next question, again, comes from Mark R. Hey, Chad, have you seen the new official grave marker recently installed at Dave Brocky, a.k.a. Odorous Arungus of Guar's burial tomb? And the answer to that is, Mark, no, I haven't. So I'm going to Google it right now. Are you talking about this boat? Are you talking about this large Viking boat? Because that's, uh, yeah, exactly what I would imagine Odorous would have. And is uh, fan fantastic. Holy shit! Did he just have his fucking... Did he have a Viking funeral? Odorous Arungus had a goddamn Viking funeral. Hell yes. Yeah, I knew he was the... You know, Guar, man. That's fucking awesome. That's... Yeah. No, I hadn't seen that, but that's fucking excellent. That is that is excellent, uh, Mark, and thank you for sharing that. I don't see how that was really a question, um, aside from just asking me if I've seen, seen it. But um, that being said, uh, I, I, I think it's fantastic, and it does appear as if he had a Viking funeral, or at least a Viking funeral for the costume of Odorous Arungus, while Dave himself may be buried. Uh, that being said, it's fantastic, and uh, I'm, I'm all on board with it. And, uh, you know, I hope to maybe one day be burned in such a similar fashion at my, uh, upon my death. You know, hopefully not for a very long time, but, uh, you know, you never can tell. And uh, the last question of the night comes from William S., again, who asks, uh, I'd like to see more Yelp reviews for people, not companies. But how would we grade people? And would there be a uh, better business bureau for assholes? And then he gives examples of a Yelp review. Like, name, Tony, age, 25, karma score, 2.2. Summary, Tony's a dick, avoid Tony. Name, Sarah, age, 21, karma score, 1.3. Summary, everyone can fuck Sarah if they won't, but most already have, so don't. You know? Um... Yeah, but you know what, William? I, I agree with you, sir. I, I think that there should be... I, I, I'm simultaneously uh, for and against this, and I'll tell you why. Because pretty much uh, social media is already kind of like Yelp reviews for uh, people. You know, someone will put on there, like you'll post something and somebody will get on there and you'll get 100 likes or you'll get like 100 thumbs down, you know? And that's pretty much your your, your review, you know? And someone will, someone will get in the comments and be like, what are you, an asshole? And then they've just called you an asshole. So, yeah, that's your Yelp review. And I'm against that, you know. But at the same time, I think that if we could get them done professionally without the person involved, um, you know, like kind of like the way we do for Uber drivers, you know, like that, I I'd be okay with that. But at the same time, you know, I, I want it to reflect on uh, them and not not back on the person rating them. And yes, there should be a better business bureau for assholes. And there is actually, Bill, I, uh, William, I'd like you to check this out. Um, I talked about it in one of the previous episodes where I said Rent-A-Friend was a thing. Go check into Rent-A-Friend because they literally have reviews on the people that you could rent. You make up your profile and then it tries to match you with who would be the best friend for you to hang out, to pay to hang out with for a while. So, you know, check that out because it's kind of the same thing. Um, 
but yeah, those are the questions. Guys, thank you very much. Those are excellent questions. Uh, my, my favorite one was the one about my sucking my own dick, personally. I like that. And, uh, you know, I think from now on, anybody else, William, Mark, I think that's the standard that you should all be reaching towards. Like, literally, go, go, go dark. You know me. All right. Um, I think that's it for this episode, everybody. So uh, before I let you go, I'm going to hit you with... Um, oh, no, no, wait. I said there was a big announcement. That's right. I said there was a big announcement, and I'm not going to shit on it. I'm not going to, you know, back out of that. I said there was a big announcement. So, big announcement is this. Everybody knows that I have and always have been a fan of gentlemanly mustache. And I talk about my mustache and having a mustache at moment's notice for hours on end to whoever will listen to me. So, what I'm going to do now, here's the big announcement. I'm reaching out to you, the EOS Army, my fans, my listeners. I'm reaching out to you to tell me what you want me to do with the mustache. I want you to submit your ideas, draw a picture, take photos of mustaches, submit them to me through the Facebook page. And the winner, the one I like best, is what I will do next with the mustache. So that's the big announcement. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a letdown for some people. I don't care. I didn't say I was going to make everybody happy. As a matter of fact, I said at the beginning of this podcast way back when that I'm going to offend every single one of you. I don't intend to. So if I let you down, whoopsie. Um, But that's the big announcement. Yeah, decide what I do next with my mustache. Maybe, Maybe you want me to have a pubic hair mustache. Maybe you want me to have... Um, you know, like a grizzled devil goatee. I don't know. Maybe you want me to shave the mustache and just have like a little soul patch like I'm a fucking beatnik from the 50s and then you're going to punch me in the eye socket. I don't know. But you decide what you want me to do. No, I know that facial hair is like pubic hair, but I mean like an actual shave a mustache into my pubic hair. But, you know, you decide. And uh, the winner will be announced on not this next episode, but in the man stuff episode in, in Manly Movember. And that's whenever I'll do the, the, the updated mustache. So let me know. Go to the Facebook page. Submit your ideas for my mustache. And I will uh, choose a winner. And in the Man Stuff episode, I will not only um, tell you that you've won, but there will be a prize aside from uh, my mustache just being changed to the way you said it should have been. And I'll decide what that prize is at a later time. Um, that being said, again, before I go, Check out a fireside chat hosted by our good friend Grimace, Mr. Ryan McCormick. Uh, check out 4AM Knows All My Secrets, hosted by Ryan McCormick and Tiffany Moore, who may or may not have lost an arm. Um, you know, I still haven't gotten a clear-cut answer on that. To my, to my knowledge, she didn't. It was just a, an angle of a photo. But she might be a stump person now. So, you know, I mean, that might be a secret that they might talk about on 4AM Knows All My Secrets. You can listen to both of those on Libsyn.com. Um... Check out the McSauce Podcast, hosted by Ian, Paul, and Matt. The McSauce Comic Book Podcast, available on Podomatic and on uh, YouTube. Very funny stuff, very good guys. They are, on, they are on top of everything happening in like the comic book world. So check them out. And uh, lastly, check out uh, Case in Point, hosted by Mr. Justin Case. And that's on Audioboom and also on YouTube. Check all those out um, and, uh, you know, review them, like them. Uh, subscribe to them again. Review us. Review me. The element of surprise. Subscribe, like all the. Uh, leave me a review. Let me know what you think. And as always, cue the fucking bear music. Sex is a Texas drought, me and you do the kind of stuff that only Prince would sing about.
So put your hands down my pants And I'll bet you'll feel nuts Yes, I'm Cisco, yes, I'm Ebert And you're getting two thumbs up You've had enough of two hand touch You want it rough, you're out of bounds I want you smothered, want you covered Like my Waffle House hash browns Come and cook at FedEx, never reach an apex Just like Google Coal Stock, you are inclined to make me rise An hour early, just like daylight savings time You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel Do it again now You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel done right you were like okay he said cue the fucking bear music so then that was gonna be the song and then he was done no 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 no. i've got more more i'm gonna cue another fucking bear music hit it Shadow of death. I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta low. They croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke Fool, I'm the kind of cheater Little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night Saying prayers in the street light Been spending most of lives Living in the Texas paradise Been spending most of lives Living in the Texas paradise Keep spending most of lives Living in the Texas 
situation they got me facing I can't live a normal life, I was raised by the shit So I gotta be down with the hood team Too much television watching got me chasing dreams I'm an educated fool with money on my mind Got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye I'm a low-out gangster, set-tripping banker And my homies is down, so don't arouse my anger Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away I'm living life through a dire What can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things is going, I don't know Tell me why are we so blind to see That the ones we hurt are you After minute, hour after hour, everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking. It's going on in the kitchen, but I don't know what's cooking. They say I got to learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand it, how can they reach me? I guess they can't, I guess they won't, I guess they front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool.